I just want to go back to leaders' questions because there was an exchange between um, Breed Smith's colleague, uh, Mick Barry, and the Minister for Justice, and it was picked up on later by Senator Lynn Ruan uh, at the committee. But let's hear first that exchange at leaders' questions on the focus on a policing response to the events of last Thursday. This is uh, Mick Barry at leaders' questions. I think it's significant here that while the, while the, the government are talking about putting on the agenda facial recognition technology, uh, water cannon, stronger pepper spray, uh, more riot police, more dogs, in other words, more state repression, that they are failing to deal with the social crisis in society. Failing to deal with the social crisis in society. Failing to deal with the issue of asylum seekers that I've raised. Failing to to deal with the the issue of uh, homelessness that uh, I've raised. Uh, And I would make the point that what is needed is precisely the opposite. It's not more law and order and more oppression. It's tackling the social crisis, the issue of asylum seekers, the issue of homelessness and the housing crisis in our society as well. Minister, to conclude on this Deputy, to your very point, the very people who you are speaking of, those who are marginalised in our community, those who are seeking international protection, are the very people that those thugs and scumbags on Thursday night sought to intimidate. Ah, that was uh, Helen McEntee answering Mick Barry there and it was picked up on later by Senator Lynn Ruan uh, at the committee, that specific use of language in the latter answer by the Justice Minister. So when we look at that group that we can clearly identify as having its roots maybe in fascism, in kind of global context, similar struggles that have been involved in around the world, but then we have um, communities that are disenfranchised who are very much being then exploited um, because a particular grouping have given them a narrative for, I suppose, a a rage or an exclusion or an isolation or a shame that they have felt in their own existence in an Ireland that has left them behind. So my concern is, I suppose, around uh, rhetoric and language when we look at trying to make sure that some of those young men who we are at risk to losing to much more organised Um, bodies that you speak about, that when we use language like thugs and scumbags, that it makes it more and more difficult for youth workers, community workers, people that are trying to engage with young men to differentiate between the messages that are given. Those are not expressions that you hear hear from us because they... Uh, would indicate like, a lack of uh, objectivity on our, on it our part. It says thugs in the statement. We, we, we just, we need to be careful, and you're right, we need it to be careful. It needs to be differentiated. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need to be careful about the core group and then those on, on, the, on the margins of it. And uh, that was Drew Harris, the Guard the Commissioner, answering uh, Senator Lynn Ruan, Independent Senator uh, Lynn Ruan, at the Justice Committee earlier. Christina, this, the, the issue, for the record, scumbag is listed as an insulting expression in the salient rules of, of the chair in, in the doll, so it's officially frowned on, on, on the, uh, the floor of the house. But the issue of, of language uh, and how people were described, that, that was... Uh, that was the the point, the sole point Lynn Ron wanted to, to, to make at that committee, although it, it's fair to say it hadn't been made bef- before, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's a really important one because um, since the uh, riots uh, on Thursday evening, the focus very much on government has been beefing up, I think, policing, coming out on the defence about the resourcing that they have. Um, and 
to, to be perfectly on, honest, I think the minister using the term scumbags and the doll really let herself down. And I think a lot of people in Leinster House today were, were taken aback at her use of language there. And, you know, when you hear Drew Harris um, also saying that we need to be careful with our language, um, while perhaps it also being included as a statement, but saying that it um, speaks to having a lack of objectivity to hear those words come out of the Justice Minister's mouth when we're meant to be having... Um, you know, a very difficult conversation. I think this is multifaceted. It's not just about, as we said, the resourcing of police and and seeing a Garda walk down O'Connell Street. There clearly are bigger issues at hand here. And we haven't had much of that discussion. And look, I probably will be criticised for saying it, but brandishing people that were out at that, um, at the the, um, riots as scumbags and thugs and not looking at the reason why they were there and questioning that and why somebody thought to get up off their couch that day, having seen whatever they saw online and come out and, um, you know, set something on fire and loot and destroy their local community. Um, or or I not, just, because or, I think, I, you know, we won't get into the details of it, but in terms of the charges that have been preferred against people in connection with this over 30 so far, uh, quite a number yeah, but w- we, were not from, from the area. Of course, but we even regardless of where they were from, the questioning of why people were there, um, rather than name calling and just, you know, having a simple explanation that these people are, are thugs and they don't need to, to be talked about or discussed any further. Um, like that's not going to help us get right. to the bottom of this. Uh, Robbie Gallagher, the, the the discussion has been, we've heard calls for water cannons, we've seen water cannons being, being, um, being borrowed, we've heard about increased pepper spray, um, clarity on, on when batons should be used, a more robust response has been called for, and, and there may well be a, a public appetite for something to be seen, to be done. And so it that's in a way the easy thing to do and it's easy to label uh, people who took part in, in the riots in a particular way but it doesn't get to the grips of those questions that were raised there uh, by Christina and doesn't it doesn't invest in a long-term solution, does it? No, it doesn't. Like, words and, and that, words are very important. There's no doubt about that and we have to be careful at all times in our language. Um, but we have to take ourselves back to last Thursday night and the absolute mayhem that took pl- place in the streets of Dublin was frightening, uh, sickening. And the Gardaí there, the Gardaí of the thin blue line in this country between peace and anarchy. And we need to make up our mind as a society what side of the line we're on. Now, I fully accept that we, uh, that, that we have to be careful in the language and we have to reach out to those people in communities where they need to be reached out to. But we need to have a firm stance as regards right and wrong. And I make no excuses for saying that. People across the line, what happened last Thursday night was a crime on us all. Where Gardaí, some of them had to run for their lives. Um, shopkeepers in fear of their lives. Emergency care workers. Um, transport operators scared for their lives. We cannot simply tolerate that. And no right mind society would tolerate that. So by all means, I think we can have both column. We can have strict law and order and a clear definition between right and wrong and also reach out 
like we must do to those that are marginalised. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Breed Smith, it was your party colleague, Mick Barry, that uh, raised that issue about the concentration on uh, equipment and pointing to his concerns over uh, addressing social issues uh, as well. I mean, presumably you'd share those concerns, but at the same time, not everybody who is at the sharp end of social deprivation behaves in that way when confronted with adversity. Absolutely, and I don't believe for one second that uh, Mick or Lynn Ruan would, would, would argue that they do. The point here is, and it's made very well actually by <clears throat> Professor Donica O'Donnell in um, the journal that Christine works for today, when he says that the lashing out, and he quotes, thugs, hooligans, scumbags might satisfy a need for some rhetorical fight back but it dilutes a belated focus on the insidious effectiveness of the far right. And that's what I was talking about earlier on. Anybody who knows anything about the insidious effectiveness of the far right would have known as soon as it came out last Thursday that it was a migrant that killed, or that stabbed, sorry, excuse me, a terrible thing to say on the radio, that attacked those those children and that woman uh, would know straight away... we're in for something here now in the city centre because they put such a focus on stirring up opposition to migrants, to um, refugees in communities that Mick and Lynn and Christine referred to, communities that have been let down so badly by the government, particularly on the housing crisis. And if you remember the slogan that they've used from the beginning is, how's the Irish first? So they're playing on the housing crisis and the desperation people feel to put the blame on migrants that have come in, uh, particularly uh, migrant men who they say are unvetted and are dangerous to women. So so just to be clear, um, do you think the Gardaí shouldn't get this equipment or do you think... I don't they think sh- they need it. They have enough equipment. I don't think they need tasers, water cannon any more riot gear than they have. And I've seen the Gardaí in action in riots. They have plenty of equipment when they want to use it. The issue I'm talking about is how they have light touch regulated or dealt with the emergence of the far right and how insidious that is. Attacking workers in libraries, threatening to burn migrants out of hostels, uh, getting uh, stopping people coming out of the airport, demanding to see right. their passport. Nobody gets away with that. Uh, I've been on picket lines at the airport where p- pilots and Ryanair workers were shoved off the road by Gardaí because they were marching around the roundabout. These guys can stop people in their cars right. and demand their passports and do so with a bitterness and a viciousness that is all the time racially motivated. All right, Don- Donica o- O'Connell is, is there from... Donica N- O'Connell is from, 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 from Galway, N- N- yeah, yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. NUIG. Very um, good article, actually. Um, Sean Canny, the although I think that the guy the commissioner did say I think was was it in excess of a hundred arrests had been made uh, around protests uh, over over the last period. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure as to as to how long uh, he was going back over that. The the discussion Sean Canny about uh, equipping the guard the in 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 the short term to deal with the eventuality of of any uh, public order outbreaks of, of 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 upheaval like we saw last Thursday. There seems to be almost an expectation, though, that there would be a permanent large-scale public order unit on standby in the capital indefinitely to be ready to go into action at any trigger and that this should be expected. And the problem with that is we will be taking the resources from rural Ireland and the policing The policing of rural Ireland is very important as well. And I suppose if you go back in it all and you say... What happened last Thursday evening is a lesson for everybody and it goes beyond 
policing and it goes beyond justice. And as Breach said, there are inherent issues in our society which these, um, what I would call, diehards uh, attract uh, people who feel disenfranchised. And I think there are a, n- uh, a number of young people who feel disenfranchised uh, after COVID because of the isolation that was going on. Sure, but, uh, and could a more robust policing response, I'll go to Ollie on this, make matters worse? I just want to, there was an interesting report done by uh, The Guardian and LSE back in 2011 called uh, Reading the Riots. And they read through social media and it ended up interviewing 270 people who took part in the riots. They were initially kicked off by the killing of uh, a, a young man called Mark Duggan in Tottenham. And the perception was that these were racially motivated riots, as in disenfranchised minority communities attacking the police. But when people were interviewed... They came from a variety of backgrounds and it was actually day-to-day negative interactions with the police that had caused some of them to come out and take part in those disturbances in London, Nottingham, Birmingham, Salford uh, and and Liverpool. So is there a danger that too much policing, too heavy, preemptively could provoke precisely the kind of response that they're looking to prevent? Well, I would say that, first of all, we need to have the police equipped to be able to deal with something like this when it happens. And believe you me, if something like this happens next week and we don't have water cannons, well, people will be saying, what were we doing in the meantime? So we need to have the water cannons available and people need to know that. Secondly, I would say that um, social media has a huge part to play in all of this. And I understand that one of the media platforms X, have refused to engage with the guards in, 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 and, and refused to take down uh, some of the, the comments that were up on it. And that is inciting young people who, who see this. And I would say that they believe what they read and they, they just follow it without actually filtering it. And I think there's an onus on us all. And I think X, if that's what it's called, needs to be called out on this. And I think we... Um, as politicians and as journalists need to uh, maybe recalibrate whether or not we should be using platforms like that. All right. Um, Robbie Gallagher, the, there was a, a, a standout image of uh, a guard, a fairly senior looking man in years, and there was uh, a, one of these agitators screaming in his face, nose to nose, and he appeared to be maintaining a calm demeanour, which I presume is, is an example of the so-called graduated response. But if... There is a public appetite, as Sean Canney says, for rolling out of water cannons and early drawing of batons and robust attempts to squash any sign of trouble. In your experience from your former life, do you think it could be counterproductive if people just act on what they perceive or if people are pushed into acting on what they perceive to be the public appetite to be seen to be doing something? It's a delicate balance, Colin, with that there is no doubt. And um, I would be a great believer in having a presence of Gardaí uh, in the streets of our towns and villages at all times and the, the one common I, comment I get from most people including people here in the city is that you could walk down a street in, in any town in Ireland and someone would ask the question when's the last time you've seen Gardaí in the beat that's a common um, I think I think Justice Peter Charlton asked the same question in a report he did on Dublin City and, and the visibility of policing there. Yeah, I, I would I would never underestimate um, the ability that has for law and order in any town or village. And um, going on to your point about about too much force, I think it's important that the Gardaí are properly equipped. The Gardaí that 
I would have known in my time, and I'm sure I speak for many members now as well, they take the gradual approach in every instant that they, that they encounter. But sometimes you, you, the strong approach is needed. And when it's needed, it, it, has to be, it has to be there. Unfortunately, it wasn't there last Thursday night. And I'm not saying for one moment that every guard that draws a baton at the least uh, minor instant to come across. That's not how the guardy operate. I have every confidence in them. And I know when they have to go for force, it will be the last result, but it has to be there if needed. All right. Uh, Breed Smith, do you want to see more of the graduated response when it comes to the kind of demonstrations that you've taken part in yourself, a kind of a lighter touch policing of that? Uh, or do you want to see a harder policing approach uh, for the right wing demonstrators? Well, look, I suppose you, it, people would argue there should be even handedness about it. But I, uh, the main argument I want to make is that what we saw, there isn't just a law and order response to it required. It goes much, much deeper. And we're not really having that conversation in, in the Dáil or at committee level. We're talking about law and order all the time instead of the deeper problems that come with the growth of fascism. And it's not just particular to Ireland. It is a global phenomenon. And why it's there and how people fall into the uh, the hands of the fascists because they do, as Lynn quite aptly put it, they give them a language to express the frustrations and the way they feel about being ignored by the establishment and pushed to one side. In some cases, they so, give them something to be part of. And something to be right part of to doorstep. make them feel important, yeah. And I, I mean, I've had that experience of people shouting and roaring into my face that that guard I had. And it's very hard to stay calm when somebody's abusing you and shouting right into your face. But I, I think that I, I'm not um, arguing for um, equal, equivalence of law and order, but I am arguing for some level of equivalence. If workers of Ryanair or, and I've used the example, pilots uh, march around the roundabout at the airport, the police move them off the roundabout because they're slowing up traffic. But yet right wing agitators, fascists, can stop cars coming out of the airport, hold everybody up, demand to see passports. Where are you from? Where are you going to? Where did you come from? And particularly focus on people of colour and nobody touches them. What's that about? What is that about? And Drew Harris might say it's intelligent policing or it's clever. I think it's about giving uh, the the idea, and Leo Varadkar says it all the time, Drew Harris said it himself, that the far right and the far left are the same two sides of the one coin. And they love to say that and they want to allow the far right to grow so that they can keep the far left in, a, in their box and then use this rhetoric, yes, are all the same. I had to tackle Leo Varadkar on it recently on the question of his rights as a gay man and how he equivocated between the far left and the far right. I was just going to come in there about the the debate, I suppose, that people are having about law and order. And I think, you know, people have a right to want to feel secure in, in the capital and they have a right to feel that if something like this happens again, that the guards have the resources at hand to deal with it. But at the same time, I think there does need to be focus more on, and we've heard it time and time again, well before any of these riots took place, about guards being within the communities. Like when I grew up, I remember my community guard. I knew his name. He was in my school. Like he was around the neighbourhood. He was around the town. Everybody knew him. And there's been long time criticism that that is just not the case, be it in towns and villages or in the capital. You know, the guards... um, when I was growing up, were involved in the community in terms of setting up um, youth discos that people went to. They knew everybody. And I think 
particularly during COVID, um, you know, I remember reporting on that and there was, um, you know, front pages about people that had uh, from the inner city who had been caught up in the Dublin mountains right. because they had left, left the flats and they brought their children up there. And I remember there was lots of people criticising on the radio about, you know, God, all these people and the young people today and, and you know, no respect and, and you know, you're in the, in the city. But like these children, I suppose, were bouncing off the walls during COVID. They weren't in school. And I they think, could yeah. have been from, uh, you know, disadvantaged schools, uh, disadvantaged uh, families and, and all the rest. And, I, I, and, and there's and a lost generation and there. Some, that's, some, that's some of them, question. I think, did not, uh, in, in some cases, didn't didn't return at least fully uh, to formal education. Now, Sean, can you mentioned X there and... Uh, it's one of the social media platforms on which disinformation has been spread. Is there enough of an effort being made to counter some of the kind of language that's been used, the buzzword phrases like unvetted military age, all of those things that seem to crop up across Facebook groups and demonstrations across the country where protests are mounted against immigration? Yeah, well, I, I, I think that... Um some of it is is free is it's it's free for all type of an arrangement. Um, I know when I was in the government in, in previous government, uh, I was involved in a task force that was looking at cyber security and looking at at um, how what kind of um, stuff would appear on these uh, social platforms. And uh, whilst everybody was engaging, it is very hard to to tie down because. You have inter- it's international. It's not just uh, your own country, and it 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 takes um, it has taken hold, and we just need to maybe uh, uh, make a statement that look at we we're not going to use certain platforms if they're not going to cooperate with All the right. Gardaí, for instance. Uh, Rob, Robbie Goddard, the, the, the government has triggered a complaint with uh, the European mm. Commission. They've escalated it to uh, European level, some of the, 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 the disinformation. Do you think that's the way to go, to enlist international help in this? Well, I welcome the some... fact that, that, that the EU have intervened here, Colm, I have to say that. Now, the Commissioner did, the, the point was made to him today about uh, about the, the Guardian intelligence gathering uh, and that perhaps to what degree was social media being monitored uh, to see what was going on. And I think there is a vacuum there. There is a gap. I think, the, the, if I read correctly, uh, the Commission did accede to that and said that more resources were going to be put in right. to that particular area so that intelligence can be gathered in advance and that they're more informed to make decisions uh, by keeping a closer eye on what's going on in social Just media. Just briefly, Breed Smith, on, in terms of that's that's the intelligence gathering from social media, but in terms of communication on social media to meet people where they are, the kind of information people need to make informed decisions, do you think there could be a greater effort made on that? Or do you think people, because it's coming from official sources, may well dismiss it if they're of a somewhat conspiratorial mindset? Um, well, I think social media can be very toxic, obviously. But I, I do have to say in all of this, 99% of the people are not, you know, the, the whatever words were used, the scumbags, the, 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 the thugs and all the rest of it in relation to how they view immigrants and people of colour. 99% of the people understand very well that the message that went out there was put out there by people behind keyboards, keyboard warriors, who themselves never got arrested. We haven't seen any of the names that we all know uh, advocate these things. I'm not going to mention them. We haven't seen them in court, and they should be, because they've been advocating very dangerous uh, responses to things. But most people say to me, like the woman in the chipper, she says, those people are like 
What's wrong with them? Who do they think serves them their spice bag? Who do they think drives the bus? Who do they think drives the Lewis? Who minds their mammy in the hospitals? They know that migrants work and do the things that we do and that we rely on them very much for frontline working. And I think the ICTU responds to it, having a, a vigil in town with workers from transport, shops, nurses, etc. speaking, was really, right. really important response to that. Okay, thanks for that. We're going to be back after this. We're going to look at the COP in Dubai, what it's supposed to achieve and what it might achieve. The Late Debate with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1.